Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message. All right, so last week we were not here. We were giving thanks over at the, the Stones of Remembrance. Do you guys enjoy that? I did. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, so let's catch up from where, where we stopped in uh, verse 10 of chapter 12. Um, I wrote a, just a quick review of what you guys went through last time. Sorry. Chap- Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. What did I say? You said it right. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so I wrote a quick summary, and you guys can add to it if you want. Uh, but what was talked about was Abram's call. Uh, he was polytheist from the city of Ur. And he went from that to receiving invitation to become a source of great blessing for the rest of humanity. And he moved forward to Canaan in obedience from there. And that's kind of where we stopped. Does anyone want to add anything to that? Great. So, let's pick up in verse 10. I'll read to 16, and then we'll uh, discuss from there. Now, there was famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a beautiful woman in appearance, a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful, And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and for her sake he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. Okay, so... That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. So Abram ends up, you know, he he gets a you know gets this call to come to this land that is gonna be promised to his descendants. And so as he's there though, he they're in the land they experience famine or lack of food. And so Abram brings his family down south from where they are to Egypt. And he brings him south, I assume, because the Nile River and the Delta there would be much more consistent with food than where they're at. Makes sense. So let's get the big question off the table first. Was he appropriate to go down there for this reason? Was he right, was he in the right to go down and find food because he's the provider of his family? Or did he show a lack of faith by not staying put and waiting for the providence of the Lord? What do you guys think? I think I'm right with him that I would do the same thing because, you know, got to take care of yourself first as in instead of trusting God for those things, you have to take care of it yourself first. 
Like well, and Abram wasn't just him and Sarai either. It was and 300 other people with him, I think. Is that at that time? I think so. I thought it set up above that, that he had many servants. And mm-hmm. Not sure the amount, but um, I, I agree with you that he did have Mighty more. Mighty. Hmm? Mighty well, they didn't get to that yet. No, we're just talking about <laughs> when he... So, was he being disobedient to God? Okay. Was he being disobedient to God to go to Egypt in the first place? Yeah, he's not lying about his wife. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the second question. Okay, so uh, so maybe a follow-up question would be, was his actions there in Egypt just wrong, and really being there is fine? But the primary, or the question we're talking about right now, he was called to Canaan. He wasn't called to Egypt. Right? And the Lord promises that he'll provide every need that we have. <clears throat> He took things in his own hands, is what I'm trying to say. And that's what we basically do. That's what we do or what we should do? No, that's what we do. <laughs> what should we do? That's what we do. We should I don't know about his actions trust. right there. I know in the future, yeah. he will send Joseph ahead to bring the people into Egypt. Not Abraham. God will send Joseph ahead through extreme circumstances mm-hmm. and provide salvation for his people mm-hmm. through Egypt, whether or not. Yeah, but he really has a here. choice in that circumstance. Right. So here's a. So, so the, but there's a, there's a nuance to your question. God didn't tell him specifically not to go, and he disobeyed. That's true. So. And I think the, the land, well, eventually the land grant is to the Wadi of Egypt, so technically he could have just decided to see the, 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 the perimeter of the, of the territory. <laughs> He's <laughs> in Pharaoh's house. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't fair with that. Okay, well, you went a little too far. <laughs> he was just fighting the borders. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just being... Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, my thing is, I, my thing is, is on that particular thing, I don't know... Obviously, it was a long journey, right? Um, maybe he was confused about the timing or whatever, but I, I, I oftentimes think that even when we get a leading from the Lord, there's a lot of steps in between. We're not really sure how it all comes together or planning, and he's probably just thinking practically, I'll go there. Because he's human. Yeah. And it wasn't just a family. I haven't heard any more. severe family. From the Lord in this regard, and I'm not sure of the Lord's timing, so yeah. I'll take care of things and go get some food. Mm-hmm. For, but I, and, yeah, I just think it's practical. Yes, but I, but I don't see in the, in the passage where he even came to the Lord in prayer and asked him about true. it. Mm-hmm. I think he should have at least uh, asked the Lord and, and said something and <coughs> asked him what. what what he uh, wanted him to do. Certainly. Amen. You know, something that stood out to me, in, in 12.1, it said, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and mm-hmm. to a place I'm going to show you. Um, and, and I'm not saying one way or the other mm-hmm. what it's saying, but you don't see any of that, much like Paul said in 12.10. Here it seems as if the famine said to Abram, go down to <laughs> Egypt. You know what I mean? So that seems to kind of stand out a little. To me, that who are you listening to here? Yeah. You know, there's another passage in scripture where 
it talks about Lot, and Lot, he looks up and he sees that the land is well watered, and he makes his decision, and somebody has said, the problem is he didn't look up high enough. He didn't look up to heaven and ask the Lord what he should do. Or see who his neighbors were going to be. Yeah. <laughs> In that situation. Yeah. <coughs> So how about, okay, that's good. But he was heading in that direction. He was, well, it, even in verse yeah. 9, yeah, he says, still going to the Negev, which is even, that's south Canaan, right? That's like, right. that's deep south, right? So he just kind of like maybe lands in the, he lands in the desert and is dealing with this famine, just keeps walking, looking for the other side of it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> maybe, but I agree, in verse, even in verse 4, it says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. You don't see any of that um, here. So, okay. So let's talk. Let's let's kind of let Scripture interpret Scripture. Any other examples you guys can think of that someone went, and you you don't see a direct. They went because maybe they were in danger, famine, whatever. They went, and you don't see anything where the Lord called them to go. Naomi's husband. Can you Naomi. tell me who that is? Oh, that's a, I, I remember Naomi, and I couldn't remember his name. Um, Boaz? No, no, no. no, not Boaz. Boaz is Ruth's husband. Um, Give me a second. There's Malon and Chilion and, <laughs> and that other guy. Um, but anyway, that's the story of Ruth, right? Yeah, that's the story. Okay, of Elimelech. Elimelech. Yeah. So what do you remember now? <laughs> there was a famine in the land, and he took his family to a pagan land. He didn't, he didn't ask the Lord. He just took them, and as a result, his sons married pagan wives. Not a good result from that. Well, well but... <laughs> okay. But, but um, Ruth followed Naomi back and followed her path and met Boaz, mm-hmm. and... That was an ancestry to Christ. So the end result worked out. Good. Anyone else? Any other uh I was thinking accounts? of when David fled to the Philistines. Yeah. What are you thinking of that one? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, but he so, says, Now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me to do than to escape to the land of the Philistines. Yeah. So you can make, you know, if, you, if you're going to go that hard... He was being unfaithful for staying route and talking about Abram, then you could say the same for David was unfaithful to stay there and not wait for the Lord to put a force field around him and protect him from Saul, you know, which I don't know if that's a wise direction to go. Um, so I searched, I, I searched every account where Abraham or Abram is mentioned in scripture, looking for somewhere to, it's to say, he was in the wrong for going. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find it. Um, and so, you know, in circumstances where it doesn't necessarily say for or against, and you have to figure out the kind of ethical implications um, on your own, I think another secondary way to interpret it is how would the first readers or the people that be reading this narration first, how would they see it? And that would be the Israelites following Moses. So what do you guys think that, how would they interpret this uh, account? 
what would they see in this kind of Abraham going during the famine and having to deal with all this? Well, they were struggling to trust, and they maybe would look at him and say, well, he didn't exactly trust all the time. As Paul mentioned, he didn't pray, or it doesn't show that he prayed to ask the Lord what his plans would be for him to do. Yeah, I, I would go along with that and, and add to that. I think if the Israelites that are struggling themselves following the time of Moses um, continually making bad decisions would really find the Lord's sovereignty and grace that he's going to keep his promise even if they don't. You know what I mean? Like in spite of poor moral choices from Abram to go down there, maybe yes or no, you know, it was right to go down there, but he certainly didn't make good decisions when he was there, right? God kept his promise to Abram that he would continue to get him into the land that he told him he would, and that line would come through him that would bless the nations. And so we don't keep our promises, and but... The Lord surely does, and I think that's that's super helpful for me because, you know, when you think about some of the promises that He gives us, especially in the New Testament, like First Corinthians ten thirteen, that He will not tempt us beyond what we can handle. Like if we don't know those things, we can kind of like feel like we're getting tossed around, like, and it's not really, it's beyond us, right? But it's really never beyond us because we have Him and He promises that. And so I think, I guess, I I got going in this kind of idea of His promises and knowing His promises that I end up starting to look about, like, the Word of God. You know, like, this is our avenue for knowing much of that stuff. Right, that this, that through God breathed Scripture, that we can know His character and and really the foundation of who He is, and all that is kind of disclosed to us by the Spirit, and the Spirit teaches us these things. <clears throat> and so I, I got super excited about this book, and that it's so freely available to us, and so. I was like, yes, Lord, I'm thankful that we live in a country that you can have this book and freely open it up anywhere. And you might get some, like, odd looks, but no one's going to, you know, take it and burn it in front of you and put you yeah. in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. But this time in history, like, there was a time in history where you had to go to church, right, and you had to listen to the person interpret the scripture for you. You know, you spoke English, but the person's, but the book was in Latin, right? And so you had to listen to what they said, and they could tell you whatever they wanted about it. And that's crazy that we are freely given, you know, all the resources on Blue Letter Bible and all this stuff that if you wanted to, you could go learn Hebrew and Greek and learn the original language and study it for yourself. 
And so, um, I think that's an opportunity that can't be wasted. You know, so, um, I got super excited about this. So study, be a disciple, and and take, kind of take hold of that privilege that we have. Like, think about how this got to us. This is blood-soaked. This did not come free. Not not only from Christ, but certainly from martyrs, martyrs that that were willing to be um, killed to put this in a, a language that everyone could understand. So, super thankful. We've got to know His promises because um, He's never going to back out on them. So we got to hold fast to them. All right. So moving on. Um, famines will come. Don't they? We, mm-hmm. I think we talked about this on Sunday, didn't we? Uh, you talked about storms, though. Similar, right? Lack of storms, I guess, <laughs> in this case. Yeah. So we were reminded on Sunday, talking about storms, that it's not, when, it's not if they'll come, right? It's when they'll come. Everyone mm-hmm. experiences trial. Part of human life is trial. It's biblical. It's experiential. That all of human life will experience trial. Um, so, you know, it, I guess in talking about Abram's choice when the famine came, right, yes or no, right or wrong, we do know that famines will come to us. And, and so I think one of the things that is helpful after reading his account and learning from this is almost predetermining when that famine comes or when some when a storm starts to shake the boat around. Like our foundation's getting, like one and a half of the house has fallen over because we're kind of set up on this sandy foundation. When that's happening, you can, actu- you can actually predetermine like what your reaction's going to be. And so certainly we would hope that Abram in that time would know, okay, the Lord, you know, I know that He is with me. I can ask Him what He wants me to do. I can pray to Him. I can hear His voice. And He can direct me. If He leads me to Egypt, then I know it's going to be blessed by His presence, right? Mm-hmm. Versus kind of like, oh, it's getting scary. It's getting, you know, the storm's picking up. I'm going to just head off and get into safe ground when maybe that's not what we were called to do, you know? So, um, you know, just tomorrow, Something's going to happen that shakes your boat even a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> it's going to happen. This guy. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Great. <coughs> you know, almost daily, something happens that kind of like rocks us in a little bit of a, a funny way that we weren't prepared for. So go to him. You know, take what Abram and, and learn from it and, and just go to him right away. And Lord, what do you want to do with it? I have... It's a really silly story, but we got invited to like three places for Thanksgiving, and I was struggling so much to decide where to go. And so my dad wanted me to go to my aunt, like his sisters, because I'm never with their side of the family. And so he was like, they're family too. I'm like, yeah, I know, but... uh." But I really started to feel like maybe I should, and I was just trying to please my dad. I, I know it. I was just trying to like make him happy, you know? That's not wrong in and of itself but I think the motive I had was wrong but I was struggling with that and my sister wanted me to come and um, and then we were deciding maybe we should just have it at home and just kind of just our family 
and I got alone in my room, and I just started writing, to, like just uh, writing out a prayer to the Lord uh, to, that He would show me, and He did, and it was great, and it was, Thanksgiving was a huge blessing, and I'm so thankful I did it, because I had peace the whole time that if my dad gets upset at me, because I didn't go to sisters, if my wife gets upset at me because we're driving three hours, you know, like whatever the case is, I have peace that... No, the Lord directed us here. I felt mm-hmm. as I felt that leading, and we're gonna go. And so, um, I encourage you. You know, if you don't do that when when it gets shaky and kind of decisions need to be made on a in a hurry, <clears throat> take the time to find them and uh, and seek him because he'll be found. So, all right, so. How did, or no, let's, let's not talk about that. Um, so what do you guys think Abram's plan would be? It said he was going to sojourn, right? What's sojourn mean? Anyone know? Moving along. <laughs> What's that? Moving along. Yeah, like temporary, right? Yeah? So what do you think his, you know, he, you guys see that he, he kind of told his wife to pretend, you know, say that you're my sister. Um, what do you think his exit plan was this if he was just traveling through temporarily <laughs> is he going to go into Pharaoh's house and say I'm going to take my sister back now I don't think he thought that far ahead maybe they're in a fight right now <laughs> well I guess you should you should, you should, you should note that she was. I know, sister. I know. We're going to get right. to that. So he, technically he wasn't lying. I know. But he was, but. yeah. He wasn't asking her to lie, but he was really. Nah, he was lying. I think it's a little proof text that. It doesn't disclose all this, but I think it's a little bit of proof text that he was kind of there and just figuring things out as he was going. You know, he wasn't really thinking this stuff through. I don't really think he went there with the intention of staying, but um, finding out soon that Pharaoh was much more powerful than him, um, you know, just trying to figure out to live to the next day. And so he can kind of take some time to figure out, because I don't think he had a... If he was just traveling through, I don't think he would go that route. Um, oh my gosh, he took her home. Yeah. What are you going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's like, I mean, it, it just seems like such a cowardly thing to do. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. And then how old was she? He should have been her champion, and he, he let her go. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think Sarah felt during this time, ladies? 70. You know, like, he's supposed to take care of me, and here he's taking care of himself. How about you think he felt the second time? In Genesis 20, when he does it again. I think this is this is just the wildest because I can't imagine. Um, I asked my wife, "How do you think she felt?" She's like, "Don't talk to me." (laughs) (laughs) Although, although it's it's. I mean, we we didn't get those verses yet. That's okay. But she was submissive. That that's she was a, submissive. That that's a surprising thing to me because I know I have a challenge with that. You know, like when you don't agree, you gotta submit. <laughs> I have a question. Should she have been? 
Yes, she should. Because she's trusting God. But let's say the husband wanted, let's view pornography together. Oh. Well, um, should, should the wife submit to that? No, not that. Because it's sin. Right. Mm-hmm. So should she submit to this? I would think, I don't know what the relationship was like with Pharaoh or whatever. I don't really have an answer. I'm yeah. <laughs> well, no, he did. You saying did did he violate her? No, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it. No, no. Uh, like I I believe what that. In 20. Yeah, I believe that Sarah was trusting God by submitting to um, Abram. All right, when say like she trusted that if Pharaoh would take her into his house, that God would prevent him from hurting her. Mm-hmm. But when you say today the modern scenario would be even, you know, like watch pornography with me, that would be, you know, like you putting something in your heart and your mind and, you know, there's no way, I shouldn't say no way God can protect you. <laughs> But it would be harder to protect you. So in that instance, you're making a more of a stand by saying no. So in some instances, it's a clear place where you say, no, this is where the line is drawn. Yeah. This may not necessarily be one, or this is not one here. Right. But do you think this turned out to be unintended circumstances? Abram had a plan. Okay. You say you're my sister, and then everything will be okay. And that you know, I guess it was commonplace that you would kill somebody if it was their wife, and take the wife. That's what they said. Right. So maybe Abram was thinking, "Hey, I'll be cool. They'll, they'll, you know, there might be quarters, but nobody's going to do anything to you." And that happens. Uh oh, (laughs) took my sister wife here. What's going on? Now I'm in big trouble. So it might have been he he didn't think ahead. Just spiraling out of control. Yeah. Because he might have just thought that people were going to be nice to him because his sister was good looking. Mm-hmm. Right? At 70. <coughs> At 70. She was yeah. probably about 70. Yeah. We were saying. Well, she was very beautiful. Yeah, she was, she was, she was middle aged, though. I can't give him I think we also timeline. have this idea. Somebody else I was listening to. 170. Somebody talking about <laughs> Abram a little bit farther on, like the next chapter, there's a big battle going on. We're like We have this idea of Abraham, you know, an old man with a cane, but he wasn't. He was a he was a warrior, so I suspect that she wasn't you know she wasn't a spring chicken, but she was middle aged. Yeah, middle yeah, aged because seventy then. She was a nice looking lady. Yeah, I'm sure she culturally, was. you know, things are more you know they could have different type of cultural attraction you know too. So. Um, just looking up a verse about Sarah. First Peter three. Yeah, First Peter three. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Yeah, sure. Go for it. First Peter 3 does commentate on uh, Sarah about this, or not about this specifically, but about her whole life. And it says, uh, it's talking about uh, husbands and wives, and it says, For this is how holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children. If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening, and I think that you know that speaks for much of Sarah's life, and she's not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. No, she, you know, she laughs at God when she had her own plan there. 
and she, the whole Hagar incident, right? Like, there's a bunch of stuff, but in 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 commenting on and on wives and how they're to adorn themselves, speaking of like the the beauty of the submission that she had towards Abraham, and that if you kind of walk in her ways or and walk in those ways, you do good and you create this fearlessness because you know the Lord is going to protect you in those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like even when your husband doesn't, the Lord does. And, you know, unfortunately I've had circumstances where I did not think first about Carrie, but the Lord did and I'm so thankful. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that, you know, that's one of these like trials or circumstances that we really look at and we're like, that is ugly, messy stuff. But it produces such goodness. You know, it, it, out of that, like, that fire is like the most beautiful metals, right? And so um, it's really hard to, you know, say yes or no, like, is this what's best? Because it, it's going to happen again in her life and she's going to know that the Lord protects her. And she can kind of uh, submit herself to Abraham knowing that and, and be secure in that. Anything else on uh, Miss Sarah? Did you get your question answered? <laughs> what was the question? I forget. Did Abraham sin? Oh, did he really? Did he lie? Yes, he lied. Well, he lied. Half truth is not a is not a truth. Uh, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> well, I agree. A half truth is not a truth, right? It's a full lie. Um, but Sarah is the half sister of Abraham, from his father, but from a different mother, and so uh, you see that uh, played out in. I think Genesis 20, when it happens the second time, that he explains to the king of, uh, uh, I think, Philistia, right? Philistia? Abimelech, right? Yeah. Abimelech. You know, they're called... He figures that out. Let's turn there. Verse, uh, chapter 20. Um... Abimelech, so in verse 8, so Abimelech rose in the early in the morning, called his servants, told them these things. The men were very much afraid. Or sorry, sorry, we've got to go up. Um, verse 4, now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say that she is my sister? And she's, she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have, I have done this. Then God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Did I miss that? Uh, it's right in the beginning, it says. Right in the beginning? To Abraham. Oh, said. yeah, there it is. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. I thought it said First it somewhere. Second, I think. Man, all over the place. Area. Verse 12. Yeah, verse 12. Here we go. Besides, she is my, indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, not though not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. 
And so, and we'll throw this in as an aside. Um, and you can just even just consider it. We don't even have to talk about it. But last week we talked about was he supposed to leave Lot and everyone from his father's house? Or two weeks ago, right? Talked about was Lot a package deal that was not meant to be part of the package because he was part of the father's house? Well, Sarah is too. Mm. You know, like, so it's not, I don't know if it's like super important, but just consider it, right? Um, but then again, when you're married, it's flesh and flesh, so mm -hmm. one person, I think Sarah should have been part of the package. I'm not sure about Lot. <laughs> I have truth. Is not truth. You gotta yeah. take your wife. <laughs> She's part of the house. I I agree. I'm just I'm just. <laughs> but you know, like then the other part of God's plan wouldn't have been fulfilled because yeah. through Abraham and Sarah mm -hmm. is the new Jerusalem. Do you guys know that in Genesis 26, <laughs> our our friend Abraham's son Isaac. Does the same thing? Mm -hmm. It's a generational yeah. thing. Is it a generational curse? It's not a curse, <laughs> but I would just say it's like, a um, bent, yeah, and leaning towards. Well, like father, like son, huh? Yeah. You learned it. Yeah. I think you probably knew the story. But he should have learned that it wasn't the way to go. But see, the thing is, is Abram didn't really suffer anything bad either time, and neither did Sarai. So, what were the consequences? If I, I'm thinking, if Isaac heard the story. He would say, "Well, my dad did this twice, and he even got he even got stuff out of it. Hmm. You know, people gave him even money, gave him whatever, and and he got his wife back." Yeah, but so. he didn't hear what happened between him and the relationship of God, and you know the example there. Hmm. You know, God could have blessed him with a whole lot more <coughs> than that. Yeah, including the knowledge that he would provide, you know, for everything, yeah. and he wouldn't have to lie if he didn't, um, you know, just, I threw out the generational curse, because it is a hot topic now, and, uh, I don't think that it's a generate. he doesn't have the demon of lying about your half-sister, right? Uh, <laughs> or because cousin, my father right? was an <laughs> Because my father was an alcoholic, I have to be an alcoholic. I don't. I don't. You know? I don't think. I think we are all heart sick right from the get go, mm -hmm. and uh, and we need a transformation that can only occur at the heart level. And so, uh, and when we walk outside of that, um, we immediately go back to that selfishness that I got to look out for me. And so I think he's doing what a guy that is not walking with the Lord. In that moment, it is going to do, and you know, to protect himself. Um, and you know, I I didn't think about what Mark said, but it's not a really good risk reward program or choice consequence program going on because he's seeing his dad be blessed, you know, in his life and from a material standpoint, mostly. But um, just Sarah's still with him. They're still got lots of wealth and. Uh, and he's had to do, he's done this twice, you know, so it'll, it'll get me out of this circumstance. Um, but again, it comes to a cowardice issue. Just it does. Not. 
Absolutely does. Mm -hmm. There's something that stood out to me in chapter 20 when he's explaining to uh, who's it, Abimelech. Um, it says in verse 13, And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is the kindness you must do to me at every place to which we come. Say, to, say of me, he is my brother. Mm -hmm. you know, so that, that was like the, the start of his walk with the Lord. And we don't know a lot at the start of our walk with the Lord. And he keeps going back to sort of the default thinking of, of scheming and figuring things out and coming up with his own solutions. And that's not good. You know what I mean? We need to grow and we need to yeah. develop. And, and it doesn't seem like he is. Or be it just not in that area, perhaps. Yeah, so um, Isaac does the same thing, you know. You, and just uh, that's that's really important that you know Deuteronomy six six that within the house, uh, within the family, um, you know, we can take these even our mess ups, right? Even like our our deepest and ugliest messes that we've made and and tell our children like this this wasn't what the Lord had for me and uh, and you can walk outside of that decision right and you can walk with him and experience his faithfulness to you as you trust him right and you don't have to make those decisions that I made and so but it takes humility to do that. It takes a great humility to sit your kid down and say, I was wrong, and do that. And so, um, but do it. Um, so before we move on to verse 17, I just wanted to note the amount of abundance of wealth they acquire in Egypt, including male and female servants. You guys think this is any foreshadowing? They became servants in Egypt. Well, that's true. I believe they picked up Hagar. And well, I think Egypt. they did too. I think they picked up Hagar here, and then uh, you know she's in. It's clearly she's Egyptian mm -hmm. servant. What's that? <laughs> Not Hagar the harlot. Oh. <laughs> Anyone know who Hagar is? From the picture. So in. in the, yeah. <laughs> what was that like a cartoon or something? Yeah. yeah. You know, in in chapter sixteen. Uh, it says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant. Makes note of that she's Egyptian. Hmm. And we know that they were in Egypt at this time. So I assume that they were given Hagar at this time. And so... The whole world was set on fire. What's that? And the whole world was set on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been on fire ever since. Yeah. That's the whole Arab-Israeli country. Yeah. Um, wow. And, you know... That's the deal where the, like that baggage from those choices is gonna you know follow us around a little bit and uh, and kind of rear its ugly head and but um, grace is so sufficient and uh, it it covers all of that and even even when it rears its head again but again it, grace comes with humility and um, we can't be like oh I I thought I was already through this. It had, we have to kind of always approach uh, everything that we do that is not according to the Lord with humility. Well, think about the context, too. So 
here's Abram lying about Sarah. Basically, I guess you'd say he definitely didn't protect her and he definitely devalued her. Mm. If Hagar was there and she saw this, that does play itself out later because she says, you know, now my servants despise me. So she could have just said, well, Abram doesn't love you either. <laughs> or doesn't mm. value you. Any other thoughts on that uh, first part? Well, I was going to say that God provided for Hagar and her son, even mm-hmm. though it, yeah. it wasn't was his plan, and he knew it was going to happen, but he still, like you were saying about the grace yeah. and the mercy and the love, yeah. and he knew what was going <laughs> to come on down from this, but he's still showing the grace and the mercy. Yeah. Well, you know, I think very clearly in Scripture, all the way up to, I think of, um, even Abraham is in the story, but I think it's in Luke where uh, the, maybe it's a, I figure it's a rich man, or, I know a poor man's in it, but, is it? Where they're, you know, they're they're in, uh, he says, sees him in heaven, and, you know, he says, let me come up to Father Abraham, and I was like, no, you had your, you had your, you know, play out in, in the world, and, like, he's always concerned with the, the meek, and the, and the humble, and he's concerned with those that, um, the widow and the orphan, you know, he's always (laughs) concerned, so in Hagar's circumstance, you know, she's just a servant doing what she's told, you know, and she's told to go into Abram and, and bear a son, and she's cursed because it wasn't the Lord's plan, And but the Lord takes care of her in the end, and you know, mm-hmm. she's just following, right? And um, I just, how can we see these and, and not see, like, the Lord's just unending grace and love for her? Uh, like the meekest of them all, you know, so. so. I, I think the thing for me is is how amazing it is, like the infiniteness of it. Like I, I you know, I, I don't know if, I think I was talking to Josh a couple of weeks back, but like I regularly say this, like I look back at my life and it's unmistakable how the Lord has just like been there, <clears throat> right? And it's often hard for me to see where he's at now, but when I look back, it's unmistakable, right? And and even in all the bad choices that I made in my younger life and whatever, like I could still see him there, weaving a path for me to find him. And um, and I think to myself, like, how he can do that for me, and then for everyone else in this room, and you know, and then you just think to yourself, like, how how can he take all those wrong things and cross paths and you know, it, it just blows you away, right? Mm-hmm. That he can do that and and still keep his plan in effect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, you know, almost roommates in college. Yeah, you were, you know, you just started your walk with the Lord. I'm Joe Heathen guy, <laughs> just, you know, like I knew Robin, I knew Jen, I knew, like, that whole crew. And like, you know, they're starting their walks with the Lord, and I'm just like Joe Party Guy. And who would have thought 25 years later if we meet up at church? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
but you know, like same same vibe. Like you know, never would I've ever thought like yeah, I'm going to church and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's <laughs> just yeah. You know, excited about even yeah. ten years ago that would have been unheard of. Yeah. You know? well, Baron, unfortunate spirit, not you. So. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> praise, praise God. Yeah. yeah. One thing that stands out to me is. Um, the beginning of the chapter, Abram obeys this call to faith, and um, you know the Bible puts that forward as here's this, and they call him the father of faith. And Hebrews 11, you know, the whole hall of faith there, that's the event which points to here's this great man of faith, and then this great man of faith, it seems to me, well, I think it's clear. Um, relies on his flesh to try, you know, and he stumbles and he makes mistakes or whatever. Um, and that's, that's our journey, you know what I mean? Like, we all have our high points and we stand out and things are great and then we rely on our flesh and we make mistakes or whatever, but we just keep on going, you know, and uh, just keep plugging along until we come to the end of that journey. So that's kind of encouraging to me. There's also a lesson in there of, all right, you made a great stand of faith last week. Or last year or five years ago, um, they'll start depending on your flesh now because it ain't going to do you any good. Well, oh, then you even look back and you say, "Well, that stand of faith wasn't even me." Yeah. You know, yeah. if you really like you know, look back at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, having begun in the spirit, you're going to be made perfect. Mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. Different context, but you get the idea. All right, moving on to verse 17 here. Um, we're still in chapter 12, verse 17. We're going to go to 13.1. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister, so that I took her for my wife? So then, here is your wife, take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot <coughs> with him into the Negeb. Now why, well, you, real quick, real, you see that the intention of Sarah was to be the wife of Pharaoh. So, to join his wives, so to speak. So, uh, Well, that wasn't her intention. No, that wasn't her intention, but that was his intention. That was Pharaoh's intention, right? So, eventually, I don't think, it doesn't seem like they had a relationship at all, but eventually that was where it would go. Um, but why would the Lord punish Pharaoh with plagues who had, like Abimelech, had been unfairly lied to about the circumstances? Seems unfair. Just to make sure that, you know, he didn't... Because God was wanted to preserve that that lineage, that seed. And he wanted him to know he meant business with that. I know so it seems severe. I know it seems severe, but um, that's the sovereignty of God playing out. Yeah. So I think that's good. I, why? Well, he had to get Pharaoh's attention somehow. Yeah. What's that? He had to get Pharaoh's attention uh -huh. somehow. So. All of a sudden, plagues start hitting your house, and you say, hmm, "Yeah, what just started? What did I just do?" How come that didn't start... work uh, a couple years later? Huh? 
when uh, Moses was there and plague started hitting the house. Mm. He's working the Pharaoh's heart. Well, no, these are yeah, different stuff. Okay. Um, there's a different purpose there, too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moses so, had already stated, I need to go with the people to go worship. <laughs> he didn't even have any clue that this woman wasn't, this woman was Abram's wife. Because they, they had lied. Attention getter. Attention getter. <laughs> and, and, and I, I actually, I think it even even goes below. I think it even goes beyond that too. That here you have another example of God. Somebody's messing with his kids, right? His people. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh wasn't a Christian, or even in you know, anywhere close to being a believer of anything, probably. Yeah. And God was saying, "Hands off." That's right. That's how it goes too. They might mess us with any of us, you know. So. And well, you said uh, <clears throat> it doesn't seem fair. Fair didn't know, you know. But the consequences of our actions affect innocent people mm-hmm. as well. That's true. So, but uh, you know, Abimelech. He, he kind of, God comes to him in a dream, and, he, and he, he gets the dream. How come Pharaoh doesn't get the dream? You know, Abimelech doesn't get plagues. God knows their hearts, so. What will work. work, yeah. He knows what will work. Maybe it's just softening the kingdom of the future. Mm-hmm. I think I think, yeah, I think this is I think there is a ton of foreshadowing to what's you know what's yeah, to come. And well, you could imagine he probably had it probably was recorded if he was the if he was Pharaoh, it was probably written down these things that happened. You wonder if the other Pharaoh read Oh yeah, the this God guy mm. he had some people and we didn't treat him very well and something happened. <laughs> you know Joe or uh yeah, Joseph ended up in Egypt, or no, you know, he ended up in Egypt because of his silly brothers, but the the brothers ended up in going to Egypt, why? Because famine. You know, um, the, now, now we're seeing like the plagues on, the, on, on Pharaoh's house because they, they're mishandling uh, the children of the Lord, and so I think there's a ton of uh, of like kind of future dealings that they'll see again. Um, I'm sure there's more that smarter people have figured out. Uh, you said earlier, why did God give Abimelech a dream and not Pharaoh? And I'm, I was thinking of in Hebrews where it talked about how God spoke in many ways, diverse ways, many ways, mm-hmm. that kind of idea. Um, so I don't think it's like, I just think God is speaking, and this is how he's going to speak. Yeah. I'm going to give you a dream, I'm going to give you some plagues to make you try and figure out what's going on, and somebody else a voice from heaven. Hmm. Um, so, is you know, we don't see it clearly played out here, but... You know, we kind of talked as soon as Sarah comes into the house, did the plague start? We don't, you know, we don't see that. Did the, how did they, how did they even know that they're husband and wife? At some point they say something about 
he, they saw them kissing too. Well, that's not in here. Yeah, there, no, that, hap- that happens with Isaac, Isaac and Rebecca. Oh, okay. They see them Sporting. laughing together. Sporting, yes. Sporting? Sporting is the King James. Sporting is the King Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I kind of figure, like, it's not clear, but did they see them together? Maybe like Isaac and Rebecca? Um but yeah. yeah, but Pharaoh, almost, like, I think it feels like a rebuke to Aram. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I'm an unbeliever. Yeah, yeah. So in the parallel of Egypt as the world, right? It's more righteous than. How does it feel to be Aram getting caught in a lie and rebuked by the world? Yeah, and, yeah. And and in the fact that the Pharaoh, right, as powerful as he is, goes. I don't want to be with another man's wife. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a place. Well, no, but, but the thing <laughs> is, it seems, it seems like it was the custom. If it was your wife, they would have just killed you and taken her. Yeah. Right, right. That would have been right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been okay. I think the fear of the Lord got on him, and that's yeah. why he did Maybe. it. Yeah. Maybe. Because that put the fire under him. Yeah, I wonder if that is the custom of the Egyptians, or if Abram believed that was their custom. <clears throat> Having no idea, but... The Bible, the Bible commentary I was reading says he became obsessed with the fact that they were out to kill him for his wife. Hmm. Oh. I was like, I don't know where you got that. Man. Other than he repeats the same yeah, right, right. Yeah. She was a pretty lady. Must have been. <laughs> Sounds like it. She had it going on. Or, or he had some, <laughs> some issues. <laughs> Confidence and security. So that's what was going on. So, uh, do we have time to keep going? No. I don't think so. What's that? But that was meaty. Mm-hmm. That was good. Good. Any other thoughts on Abram and Sarah in Egypt and coming out? Alright, let's pray. Father, uh, Lord, so thankful that you give us the Spirit to help teach us these things. Lord, that your desire is even that we would hash these things out. And and even where Scripture is not totally crystal clear, Lord, that you would give us reason and um, that you would give us uh, just a desire to even want to understand Abram's choice in this and, and the repercussions of it and how that affects us and what we can learn from it, Lord. So I just pray that tonight wouldn't stop here. Lord, that we meditate on these things, that you bring them to our minds when uh, the boat's shaken. That we would uh, just be reminded to to call out to you when it feels like we're going about our own flesh. That we'd stop and repent from that way and Lord, just turn to you and, 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 and seek your word and seek your... Um, Seek your direction. Lord, just invite your spirit to change us, Lord. It's in your sons and we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com. 
or download the church app to your phone.